The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbein. We got Mike Bash with us this week. Dennis is out for the week, but he'll be back soon. Mike, what's going on? Not much. How are you doing? to be back um, after a few uh, weeks off you know i go i'm like the wind <laughs> i know it's you're uh you're at like every sporting event imaginable all the time <laughs> yeah things are things are great things are great it's a busy time of the year that, that's what that's for sure yeah mm-hmm. that, that especially right now how's uh how's Rutgers doing i haven't looked at any college basketball at all yet this season <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Oh God! <laughs> we were six and two. We went to Columbus. Mm-hmm. We had Ohio State beat. The referees missed two out of bounds calls in the last five seconds, and Rutgers lost on a buzzer beater. And the Big Ten even came out the next day and apologized for missing the call, oh, which wow. led to the loss. The next game was Seton Hall, which is our biggest in-state rival. Nobody could score. The game ended 45-43, and we lost that game. Uh, we had a similar situation with the out-of-bounds, but we probably wouldn't have scored anyway. So two back-to-back gut-wrenching losses, had a chance to be 8-2, and two. Um, 6-0 and oh with our, you know, full – undefeated with our full roster, and now we're staring at 6-4 and four with a must-win game against Wake Forest coming up on Saturday. So uh, mm. the season could go south quickly or – Hopefully rebound very fast, but we'll see what happens. I will say, if there's a team that I was cheering for outside of Pitt, it probably would be Wake Forest. And it's not because they're playing you guys. Um, One of the kids that went to my high school that I was able to take photos and videos of and everything, he transferred to Wake Forest just uh, in the offseason from Delaware, Andrew Carr. Um, dude's been a beast. So shout out Andrew Carr because I've been following him ever since his. I guess the first time I started taking videos and stuff was his junior year of high school. So, yeah, that kid is good. <laughs> um, you said he's on Wake. Yes, he transferred to Wake from Delaware. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right down your uh, right in your wheelhouse. Yep. Yep. What's he I don't know. Games? I don't know if he. Uh, I don't know if they have him playing the five or the four, but he usually can interchange between the two. What's his Actually, name again? Andrew Carr. I feel like I saw you like posting about him before. Oh yeah, you definitely have. Like I said, I used to do Is photos and kid? yeah. All right, I remember this kid. I used to do photos and videos for him in uh, high school because he he went to my high school. He's averaging nine and five. I yeah, they haven't listed as a forward. Yeah, I remember this kid. Yep. Yeah, he's solid. He's really. I mean, he, he glowed, can. He glowed up. I guess he went from Delaware to Wake. Oh yeah, he had a pretty pretty good two seasons with Delaware. Um, 
And then I think he especially wanted to uh, get a little bit more exposure. So Wake is definitely better for that, that more so than Delaware. <laughs> should have let me know. I would have gotten you a ticket to the game. You could have said hello from the sideline. That's true. That's true. When, when do they play? That's today? Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, he's a really good kid. Um, his sister just went to, I think she also went to, got a full ride to Wake for volleyball, actually. Package deal. Yeah. They're, they're both humongous, so it makes sense. <laughs> um, Tyler's here. What's up, Tyler? It's been a couple episodes, man. We haven't seen you in the comments for a while. Kings are pretty good. Yes, they are. We talked a little bit about the Kings last week. I think Dennis went on his, uh, his, uh, I told you so tour about the Kings. So, um, but to start things off, we're going to bring up one of the, the guys of the hour, one of Mike's own fantasy players, Cade Cunningham out for the year, won't be scoring any fantasy points anytime soon. I mean, what are, what are you thinking? Do you think, uh, first off, what, what's the actual injury? It was his heel, was it? Or what is, was it his ankle? Or is that not even close? Am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, it was his shin. Oh, shin. That's what it was. So he's having surgery on... Like, is he... Like, what exactly happened to his shin? He's having surgery on his left um, shin. Yeah, torn shin? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the report right now, and it doesn't exactly say what it is. It just says... A bruised shin? Uh... Dealing with a left shin injury, uh, I don't know what. I really don't know what it was. Yeah, it like every article I've seen just says, "Oh, just a shin injury." Probably like a, a ruptured shin. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean it sucks. He's a great young player. I think he has a chance to be one of the better young players in the league. Obviously, like we said off the air, you know, guys don't have usually. When guys have these major injuries, they don't, you know, it's something that lingers with them for years and years. So who knows? Is it it's an injury that he'll bounce back from week one, you know, next week? Or is it going to take him half the next season to get back to what he was? Uh, you never know with, with guys. I mean, the good thing, he's 21 years old, 22, 21 years old. So right. he's got time. He's got health or, or uh, youth on his side. So confident in his ability to get back to where he was and take that next step as he looked poised to do. But um, I know the Pistons aren't terribly worried because they're just tanking for one by Anna. So at this point, it is what it is. True. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely was looking really good in the, the 12 games that he did play. I mean, he was putting up more points, more rebounds, more assists. The steals went down a little, but the turnovers went down a little as well. Um the only worrisome thing with Cade this season was that his three-point percentage went down with less attempts. Um, so hopefully, while he's rehabbing and getting back, he can work on that, get the shooting back up, um, and get it to a place that's a lot more efficient than 31% for his rookie year and 27.9% for his second year. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Cade, he's 21 years old. He, He's probably going to be okay, but I know for for those watching, we 
were on a phone call, myself, Mike, and Dennis. And I was saying how, to me, it's just very worrisome when anyone gets a season-ending injury, like, anytime after halfway through the season. Or, sorry, anytime before halfway through the season. Because then it always seems like the injuries pile on year after year after that because now you're hitting all these, you know, little bruises and dings and things like that and it just takes you out more games and more games and more games and then you just turn into an injury prone player hopefully that's not the case for Cade Cunningham because I really like his game I really like the potential that he has especially alongside Jaden Ivey Jalen Duran if they do get uh Wembenyama that would be an amazing addition to them Scoot would be a little bit of uh, clogged backcourt at that point you probably have ivy come in as the sixth man but i mean it'd still be a, a solid squad yeah i don't think they're gonna if they end up with the second pick they're trading out for out of that excuse me i think they're trading out of that for a haul oh they have to because they're, you can't take scoot you know unless you don't believe in Cade's health you right. can't take scoot and have a guy you drafted fourth overall who's a good player in i <clears throat> Right. be the six man like that's just not gonna work that's true i mean scoot is, is he he's like what six foot four around there yeah six like four six five so he's like a big yeah. guard oh wait six two well i don't know how up to date this is but this says six two um and then i mean Cade's six six so i guess you could put Cade. Like, if you really were in a bind, you could put Cade at, like, small forward, Ivy at, like, shooting guard, and Scoot at point guard, maybe? And then, like, I don't know, either Bagley or Sadiq Bey at power forward, and then Duran or Isaiah Stewart at center? I don't know yeah, how plausible of a defense a that is. Sure. Yeah, it'd be a weird lineup. Yeah, no, that's for Me, sure. <laughs> But, so, with that being said, we can move on here to the namesake of the episode, because we have E here who tuned in. He said, Big Pels fan here. What's going on, E? He says, can't wait to get Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones back. We are legit. So, with that being said, Herb Jones is back tonight. Uh, Brandon Ingram is is hopeful to be back at some point during the current road trip that they're on, but it will not be tonight. He was officially ruled out. I think it was earlier today. So my question to you, Mike, are, is Zion and the Pelicans, are they real championship contenders? Because at this very moment, they are first in the West at 18-8. and eight. They're a half game up on the Memphis Grizzlies. They're two games up on the Nuggets, two and a half on Phoenix, three and a half on Sacramento, three and a half on Portland. I mean, they also have the, let's see, they have the tied for the second most points for in the whole West. And on top of that, they are giving up the third least amount of points in the West as well. What do you think about them? The the New Orleans Pelicans are not title contenders. Okay. They're a good team. Mm -hmm. They're going to win a lot of games this year. 
but they are the South East version of the Portland Trailblazers. Interesting. They can get a three seed in the West, and they'll get bounced in the first round. Okay, so, I mean, as of right now, they would... They would technically be playing if if the playoffs started today. They would technically be playing the Mavericks. So you would say, would would you say that the Mavericks would beat them? It, it, there's definitely a chance. Okay. I mean, I gotta say, I don't know if I would call them championship contenders. But I would call them like Western Conference contenders. Like I think they could make the Western Conference yeah, finals. Can they get out of the first round? Sure. Can they get out of the second round? Sure. But I don't see them as an NBA Finals team. I see out of the West. I see the Denver Nuggets, the Memphis Grizzlies, and Golden State. Obviously, eventually they'll right the ship and go on a run. Those right. the three true contenders in the West. Okay. I mean. I will say that the Phoenix Suns, I think, still have a chance to right the ship a little bit as well. Not that they're, like, sinking or anything, but um, whenever Devin Booker comes back, obviously that'll get a little bit better. And I think whenever they finally find a trade for Jay Crowder, as long as they bring in, like, another, you know, like, stretch four-ish kind of, like, a guy who can, like, sometimes play the three or whatever it may be, I think that would be big for them. The the whole injury to Cam Cam Johnson um, definitely hurt Phoenix a lot more than I think people really understand. So I do think they're pretty vulnerable at the moment. Um, but I don't know. I could see... Like, right now, I would agree with Memphis and Denver being towards the top of, like, the championship contending list golden state i do just have to see them improve a little bit more for me to be like all right they're back to being a a championship contender again because their defense has been god awful it's one of the worst in the west um not just the west but one of the worst in the league and as the superstars keep getting older they're missing a little bit more games clay isn't the same person um that he usually is draymond's been out here and there they still have to figure out how good the young guys really are memphis to me i think is up there because of their depth like they've had guys hurt and still haven't like missed a beat in a lot of different games so that's played to their favor but i gotta say with the pelicans they've missed ingram for a good bit of time they missed mccollum for a little stretch Zion was out for a little stretch in the beginning as well. And they really didn't hit that big of like a hiccup in the road of their season so far. And guys like Trey Murphy, um, even Herb Jones when he is playing, Larry Nance is playing a little bit better. Najee Marshall has played well in relief. Um, Jose Alvarado, he had his career high like a week or two ago, and he's been playing very well off the bench. Their rookie, Dyson Daniels, has proven to to be a contributing player when he is on the floor. Um, and even after th- all of that, you get down to, like, Devontae Graham and 
Hernan Gomez and guys like that, that, and even Jackson Hayes, that I wouldn't consider, you know, like rotation guys all the time. But they are contributing players that I think can at least add to the depth if people get hurt. Yeah, and that's my my biggest worry with them is is I don't think they have the depth to truly um, hold up. I think they have, um, you know, they have Zion and Ingram if he ever stays healthy. You got Dallin mm-hmm. Chunis and McCollum, right? Trey Murphy is good, but let's see him do it over the you know the the full season. Um, I like a guy like Dyson Daniels, uh, but he's what nineteen years old. Like he's yeah. he's a year or two away, right? Um, I like <clears throat> let's let's look what else they got. That you know I like um, Herb Jones is defense as a defensive stopper, and and Jose Alvarado is a defensive stopper, but in the playoffs. You need to be able to play both sides of the ball or you get exposed. Are they going to be able to, you know, play 30, 30 minutes a game in the playoffs? Um, you know, Larry Nance Jr., again, good regular season player, can't shoot the ball. He, he, gets, he gets exposed in the, in the, in the playoffs. Um, Devontae Graham is kind of disappointing, but he's a veteran, so I, I think he's, he, he's a guy whose game would elevate when it gets tight. And, uh, you know, you get to the playoffs, but, like, Hayes, we haven't seen much from. Temple, we haven't seen much from. Hernan Gomez is probably, you know, better off going to film a movie with his brother than play uh, in the NBA at this point. So, you know, they have three difference makers, four solid parts, and eight guys that you don't know what you're going to get. Now, they could make a trade at the deadline, right? Every right. team can do that and bring in an impact guy, and that changes the whole complexion of the team. We saw that with um, Toronto when they went and got Marcus Saul. Like, mm-hmm. if there's a trade that comes out of nowhere like that, then sure. Like, could they be a title contender? Sure, but I can't predict that right now. I'm I'm not Woj. I don't got the, that kind of sources. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I like Valanciunas, but I feel like if they made a trade that centered around Valanchunas and brought in somebody like Miles Turner, I could see that being a pretty solid swap, especially defensively, because there's a few guys on the team that, you know, I mean, you named Herb Jones and Alvarado as defensive stoppers, but like Brandon Ingram isn't that good of a defender. Zion's an okay defender. Um, CJ McCollum, not that great of a defender. So like when you have your star players out there, I mean, he could be... Miles Turner, at least, I mean, he could stretch the floor a little bit. He could play defense. He's a good rebounder. Um, I think he would be a solid addition. I mean, even the the Pelicans themselves changed their whole trajectory when they traded for C.J. McCollum in the first place last year in when they made that deadline deal to get him. And that wasn't even something that, like, pushed them to championship contention at the time because Zion was still hurt for the rest of that season. But they pushed... Um, who was it? Phoenix to the very brink, I think it was. Um, I think, I believe it was Phoenix. They pushed these seven games and they played them very well. And now this year they've been pretty much dominating Phoenix and they really have their number. Uh, Tyler here says, I don't see the Pels making the finals, but having a great playoff run though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do. I, if they make the finals, I could see it being like the Miami heat in the bubble season. Like, 
making that run because they just happen to hit the right stride at the right time. Everyone's finally healthy all at the right time, and other teams have people missing or whatever it may be, and they they get there to the finals, but then probably lose pretty easily. <laughs> if that's if they make the finals, I can see that being the way they get there. Yeah, I mean, we ne- we saw we ne- we never know what's going to happen, right? right? Remember how wasn't it the uh, Suns a couple years ago where like every team they played lost their star player? Yes. Yeah, when they made the finals against uh, what was that, Giannis? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this team didn't have this guy. This team didn't have this guy. And they made their way into the uh, championship. Yeah. No, yeah, that that's the the only way I could see the Pelicans making the finals right now. But say all these guys, you know, they get healthy, stay healthy for the rest of the season, make some noise in the playoffs. Come next season, I could see them making an even bigger impact because then, I mean, right now, even like with Zion, Zion's only 22. So like Zion, it's not like he's even scratched his prime just yet. He only played like a season and a half and then he missed all of last season, and now he's back again playing. Like, his rookie season, he only played 24 games. Then he played 61, had a tremendous season, and then missed a whole one. So he's still got time to develop. His three-point shot got a little bit better from the last season that he played. Um, And then on top of that, like, Brandon Ingram, while injury-prone, he's still only 25. Trey Murphy's 22. Herb Jones, 24. Najee Marshall and Jose Alvarado, they're 25 and 24. You said you brought up Dyson Daniels being 19. I mean, there's still a lot of youth on this team, even though Ingram's been in the league for a while. And CJ McCollum being your veteran is not not too bad to have. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, hey, who's it, Tyler? That's a, or, or was the other guy? Uh, that's a fan. E. E. It's a great, it's a great time to be a fan. And you have the Lakers sure. pick, which <clears throat> where is that looking at right now? Uh, mm, that's a good question. The Lakers are one fourth worst in the West, and bottom. You, you know, you got a top ten pick. Maybe you get lucky. You get add Wembeyana, Ingram, uh, Ingram, Wembeyana, and Zion is not a bad core for the next eight years. So, if I'm New Orleans, I'm very happy with what what they've built since trading away Anthony Davis. True. They currently would be at the number eight pick. So if I go to Tankathon here and we plug that in. So, yeah, Lakers would go to New Orleans. They're currently tied for the eighth pick. If I, Well, I just simmed the lottery and it put them down at, at 11. So let's see. If I throw the mock draft in there. Right now, the mock at like the 8-9 spot is Dylan Mitchell from Texas or Osar Thompson from the that overtime elite league or whatever it is. Yeah. So, I mean, both of them being like a wing player, which isn't bad, but I guess, I don't know. I don't know what you exactly, would you want a center if you're New Orleans or would you want a point guard? Probably, a, see, 
That's the problem, CJ McCollin. CJ McCollin's been the biggest issue his whole career. Right. He's not a point guard, but he's a super small shooting guard. So he played with Damian Lillard, and he had two small guards out on the court, and they got abused. Mm-hmm. Now you bring him to New Orleans. He, 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 it's the same thing. You put him on the court with Jose Alvarado, they're going to get abused. You put the ball in his hands, he's not a true point guard. Right. I think Ingram Ingram is a little bit better of a playmaker than, you know, we give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's averaging – you know, McCollum's averaging six assists, Zion's averaging four, and Ingram's averaging four and a half. CJ McCollum – it's just he's just he's a great player, but he causes issues for whatever team he's on. Yeah, he's just that like right in between guy that you need. You need either this or this, but he's the one that's in between and doesn't give you like the elite parts of either one. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but if they somehow got like one of those big guards, like a six foot six one or something, like that would probably be the most ideal situation. Um, like, I mean, Amen Thompson, he's six foot seven. He's like a shoot guard, shooting guard, point guard from overtime elite. Uh, there's also, I guess, I mean, and don't take my word for it just yet because I haven't done all my scouting on these people. You would know more than me in this in this regard right now. There's Nick Smith Jr. from Arkansas, who's also a combo guard. He's six foot five, so he's a little bit on the on the bigger side. Um, so maybe someone like around that kind of build. I don't know, but yeah, I, I didn't Nick. I thought Nick Smith got hurt. I could be wrong though. Let me look that up. So he might Arkansas have. lost somebody. This is just uh, like the Tankathon mock draft, so it's just rankings updated through. I don't even know what the rankings are. I don't know if it's this guy's rankings or like collective rankings so um yeah yeah i mean for them well i i'm looking at it right now i know the thompson oh, is there, well, I, I don't know how to judge overtime elite i don't know what the hell they're playing against but um yeah exactly <laughs> i know that both the thompson brothers are supposed to be like elite defenders right um you know you see that with 3.7 seals a game uh it's weird. This class is weird because there's a lot of guys that are just so unknowns right now. Mm-hmm. Amari Bailey to the Pacers, you know, that's Drake's uh, girl's mom, girl's son. So, you know, who knows what's going <laughs> to happen in this class. But in, yeah, I, in the one I'm looking at right now, they have Derek Lively going to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do see that. I'd rather have. Uh, I'd rather take a chance on Gigi Jackson, though. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, like I said, I haven't done my research on this uh, this class just yet. I usually wait until, like, the last third of the NBA season. <laughs> and then there's also more tape to even look at, so. Um, but, yeah, the, the class does seem a little interesting. But either way, I... So I do have the Pelicans, just to reiterate for those who may have just joined, I do have the Pelicans as a good 
playoff team, but not as a true finals contender. If the team, if the core stays together and they add like one or two pieces next season, then I think they become the NBA contend, the finals contender that they can be. But as of right now, I just don't see it as much. Yeah, I do agree with you. Like Miles Turner could be that impact guy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's just so hard with like, it's so hard with McCollum to yeah. win a championship because he just he's the worst good player in the league. <laughs> and what I, I mean know, that, like you know what I mean by that. Like, yeah. he's a great player, but he doesn't fit his size. Doesn't fit his role. Right. right. When they say size doesn't matter, size matters. Especially when you are forced to start two undersized people at guards at your two. I guards. really thought you would get a kick out of that, but I guess not. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm not in the the same frame of mind as I am when uh, Dennis is just railing off <laughs> ridiculous jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, so. Uh, Tyler says here, Sixers going crazy. Um, I'm assuming he means in the game that they're playing right now. Because... They're up 28 right now. Oh, shit. 67 to 40, 69 to 41. Damn. Tobias Harris with 17 and beat with 21. Tobias has been balling lately. I'll definitely give him that, especially when Embiid, Harden, and Maxi were all out at the same time. James, James Harden has, has five steals. What? Yeah. <laughs> And already 10 assists, and it's not even halftime? Damn. Let's get into James Harden. Um, so, that being said, I'll bring that up here. You talked about Brooklyn being back in our group chat. I talked about Joel Embiid in the Sixers. I feel like I know what your answer is, but who's more back? <laughs> I, I gotta say Brooklyn. I, I mean, Brooklyn's got a better record. Brooklyn's one of the hottest teams in the league right now. <clears throat> right, part of the reason playing. you have a better record, though, is you played three more games. True. <laughs> but we're outscoring you guys. And you have a better score differential than us. And we've won eight, we've won eight out of ten. We're the hottest team in the East. I mean, that's true. I'll definitely give you that. And, I mean, I will bring up, though, just saying. Who we've beaten? Yes. So, in your last 10 games, you're 8-2. and two. The only two teams you lost to were Boston and Indiana, of all teams. But you beat Portland, who I'll give you as like a, they're okay. Orlando, garbage. Washington, garbage. Toronto, they're all right. Charlotte, garbage. Atlanta, nah. Indiana, garbage. Washington, garbage. <laughs> but the Nets have one thing that the Sixers don't have, the Knicks don't have, Cavaliers don't have. Uh, pretty much any team in the league doesn't have but the Nets. And that is? Utah, Wantanabe. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say Ben Simmons. I'll take the Utah. <laughs> Utah Watanabe is Ben Simmons with a jumper. I mean, he kind of is the poor man's Ben Simmons with a jumper. 
<laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's a as good of a playmaker as Ben Simmons, but I I do love his game, and I do wish Toronto kept him because I feel like he fit Toronto very well, especially off the bench. But um, is he back yet, or is he still hurt? Yeah, he came back like a week, uh, like in the beginning of the week. Oh, okay. I was gonna say he was hurt there for a while. Um. But no, he, he's been great. I mean, I, I will definitely give it up to Durant. Durant has been amazing this season. And I do think that Durant should be in the MVP conversation. Uh, he's I mean, he started off the season on that big run of scoring at least 25 points a game or something like that. And he I'm pretty sure he beat Michael Jordan's record with 25-point games in a row to start a season. Um, the I think the... The game he broke that streak was against the Sixers, actually, now that I think about it, um, on November 22nd. So he went from October 19th to November 22nd, scoring twenty five at least 25 points every single game. That is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then even, like, I'm just looking up their ESPN schedule right now, and it's just, like, highest scorer on the team. It's, like, Durant. Cam Thomas, Durant, Irving, Durant, 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 Durant. Like, it's literally just Kevin Durant, I would say, 90% of the time. Some Kyrie Irving's in there, and then only one time was it not Kyrie Irving or or Kevin Durant, and that was Cam Thomas because both of them were out. Can I say my favorite thing about Cam Thomas's game against the Indiana Pacers? What? 33 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, three rebounds, mm-hmm. no assists, <laughs> no steals, no blocks. He wasn't how about to share have, the ball. How do you have <laughs> 33 points in a game where your team, as a guard, in a game where your team scored 136 points <clears throat> and you didn't have a single assist? <laughs> I have no idea. And it should not be that way at all. Um, I mean, I will say, though, after seeing him a few times in the G League, it was it was pretty clear to me that he was like the next Lou Will type of player, where it's just like when he's in there, assists are like a third thing on his mind. It's always scoring first and like, it's not even assist second. It's just getting the ball second. Whether it's rebounds, like getting it on the defensive end, anything. That's the second thing on his mind. Then the third thing is like, all right, maybe then I'll pass it to somebody who's open. <laughs> yeah, he no, he, he he does not pass the ball at all. No. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's uh it's pretty funny. Um, sorry, I just had to turn down the game a little bit there. Um, it's pretty funny to watch, but at the same time, I mean, hey, if you can score like that, might as well. <laughs> but with that being said, I have to say the Sixers. Yes. Of course you do, because you don't really know what you're talking about here. First off, yes, Brooklyn has a better record right now. They've played three more games than the Sixers have. Second. The Sixers had a big stretch there where their big three wasn't even playing. And in those four games, 
uh, four, five games. They only lost once. One of those games was against Brooklyn. They ended up beating Brooklyn, who, mind you, Brooklyn was at full strength. Whole starting five was there. Joe Harris played. Seth Curry played. Everybody was there. And the Sixers won by nine. Tobias put up 24. DeAnthony Melton put up 22. George Niang put up 16. Paul, B-ball Paul Reed, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 blocks. I mean, the Sixers, when Doc Rivers finally starts to utilize some of their depth, can actually show how good of a team they are. And that's not even... Counting the fact that Embiid has had two 50-point games this year. In the last... What is this? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six games. He has scored at least 30 in five of them. And Harden has upped his playmaking the moment he's gotten back. D'Anthony Melton has played amazing defense. He's shot better from three than he really ever has. And Shake Milton's coming alive finally. I mean, and Maxie's not even back yet. So. So then you guys can't be back because you don't have all your players. So you just proved my point. But the team is already back because they're that good. You mm. you bring Maxie back and then they're even more back. Hmm. So they're already back, back, but they can be more was. back. I mean, we still beat Brooklyn. Yeah, well, you always beat us. That's not true. You guys destroyed us last season when Ben, that whole Ben came back to Philly thing and didn't even play. <laughs> I will say you guys destroyed the Sixers in that game. That was bad. But so I'm going to fight. For the Sixers in that one. But anyway. Um, so moving on. This one should be a pretty quick hitter. So new trophy names. They renamed pretty much all the NBA awards. I mean. It's. I understand the. Sentiment. But I feel like they should have just left it at. MVP. Six man. Blah 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 blah. I kind of also don't like the new look of the awards. I don't know if you. Have you seen those? I have not. Here, let me bring it up here. I don't... Like, I wish they didn't touch the MVP award itself because I thought the MVP award was... I mean, it's pretty iconic in and of itself, so it's not like they needed to change the look of it. So this is the new MVP award, now called the Michael Jordan Trophy. I like the old one more than this. I don't know about you. Is that the new one or the old one? This is the new one. That's the new one. What's the old one? The old one. Is, is... that supposed to be Jordan? I don't know if that's supposed to be Jordan or what. Um... This was the old one. Yeah, I like that one better. Right? Yeah. I thought it was a lot better. Um, 
I think they like sometimes they're just doing too much and like I don't know. I like just calling it the MVP award instead of the Michael Jordan trophy in general. Um now they're going to show all the little details. And then there's the and this is a new award which I'm still curious like what it exactly entails, but the Jerry West trophy awarded to the NBA clutch player of the year. Um, I, was, I was so confused by that. Yeah, I don't exactly know what this means. I mean, this award, I mean, it kind of looks cool because, I mean, it's the a brand new award, so it's, there's not, like, anything co- to compare it to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't exactly know what, like, the criteria is for that. If it's, like, because somebody tweeted, if it's points in the clutch... That means, like, the winner right now would be DeMar DeRozan. Not saying he's not deserving, but, like, I just want to know what the criteria is to win it. (laughs) Um, Or it's going to be the guy that hit the most, like, game winners or something. Right, exactly. Um, And then there's the new... Or, like, go-ahead baskets in the last 20 seconds kind of thing. Right, right. Like, they, they... they have to show something, because then it's just like, all right, what are we doing? Like, and how am I supposed to, you know, like they have everybody make their predictions and so on and so forth. Like, how are you supposed to make a prediction if you don't even know what the criteria of the award is? Um, but then, so this is the new Defensive Player of the Year. Again, I like the old Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, I think it looked a lot better, and it was like it seemed just a lot bigger the the old one compared to this new one like the guy who looks like he's actually playing defense yeah i kind of like the new the 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 new like whatever these this thing is but it's just like such a weird like it's the the middle thing looks weird but like i like the little the shape of everything else like the logo in the middle looks odd yeah i agree and it's also kind of like the logo in the middle. I don't know. Like, Soon they're just going to have to call it the uh, Time Lord player, the Time Lord uh, award. <laughs> when he comes back, he's winning that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended with at least one. But, like, it's also just interesting that, like, I don't know. It's just, like, a little bit of writing, and then it has the fucking Kia logo. It doesn't even have the NBA logo on it. That's weird. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then the Rookie of the Year award is now called the Wilt Chamberlain Award. Um, which I mean, that is what it is. And then the sixth man is the John Havlicek Trophy. So now it's just kind of like, oh, and most improved is the George McCann Trophy. Me, um, George Mikan, Mikan. Sorry, McCann. He's not a nut. <laughs> That's just how I'm used to pronouncing something that like that I see this like that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The the I don't think they really needed to redesign all the trophies. I, I don't even I'm not even like that big of a fan of just because now they're going to say like, oh, and the winner of the Michael Jordan trophy. Instead of just like the well, it's probably because they did that for the all star game with Kobe that they they felt the need to do this. Well, they also did it for the like you know how they now they have the conference trophies, 
yeah the like the or the sorry the conference mvp trophies that's what i meant to say they call those like the larry bird and the magic johnson now yeah it's like now they're just going to name everything after players and there there even was rumors about an award for the team that has the best regular season record like in the in hockey they do the president's trophy yeah like i don't care about that no. <laughs> like who cares? You won in a, a trophy for best regular season and then lost in the first round. Like, whoop de do. Seventy three and nine don't mean a thing without a ring. Exactly, exactly. Um, so two, a couple more things here, trade wise. A couple no, I guys. Will not give you Cade Cunningham for free. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll give you a third round pick. Um, two guys potentially up for trade. One of them being Jakob Pertl from the Spurs. They're seemingly looking for around like two first round picks for Pertl. Would you trade two first round picks for Pertl? And who do you think should be the one to trade for it? Well, I wouldn't trade two first round picks for Pertl, but I wouldn't. Or Potal either. It's Potal. There's no R in there. I thought it's pronounced Pertl, though. No, it's Potal. I'm pretty sure it's Purtle. It's not Purtle. We're about to find out. Where's his basketball reference here? Yeah, Jakob Purtle. Where do you see that? Right here. I'll show it to you. Oh, you are right. Just for the people back home. There's the uh, what was the other, what was the Jakob Purtle or Purtle or who else? <laughs> Um, so it's Jakob Pertl or uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. I think Bojan's probably... <sighs> Bojan's probably easier to move, but Pertl is uh, probably more, benef- more of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like more impactful. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I could see, like, say somebody like the Lakers that need a shooter, that just need a scorer in general outside of their top two guys. I think Bogdanovich could be pretty impactful for them. Not saying he's going to be go out there and be some two-way kind of star. But I will say that Bojan has been pretty underrated this season. He's averaging the most points he's ever averaged in a season. He's at 21 points a game, 3.6 rebounds, 2.4 assists. I mean, not doing much in the blocks and steals department, but that's expected. He's not a defensive player. Shooting 50.8% from the floor and 43.7% from three. I mean, his effective field goal percentage is 60.2, which is, I mean, that's just fucking insane. Um... So, I mean, if you put him on a team where he, you know, isn't going to be looked at as, like, one of the best scorers on the team and isn't seeing the best defenders on the team, he could he could probably do some damage and, and actually put in some work because, I mean, with Detroit, especially with Cade out, uh, Sadiq Bey missed some time. Um, Ivy missed a little bit of time, but he's, like, in and out of the lineup. Bogdanovich is, like, the number one guy people are game planning against when he's on Detroit. <laughs> he's like their best scorer on the team that's consistently healthy. 
So, I don't know. You could put him on another team, and he could probably do pretty well. It's rumored that the Lakers are the ones that are, like, front runners for him currently, which I think would be one of the teams that he would probably fit perfectly with. Um, yeah, I mean, well, that's why I said he's easier to move, but um, from a pure basketball, I mean, boy, Boyan's like another one of those guys who just gets moved around. Like, he gets passed around so many times. Like, every team can use a Boyan. Right. Um, but he's obviously he's 34 years old. He's not going to cost as much as Podal, Pertle. And now I'm going to mess this up for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I mean, the, but are the Lakers even going to make the playoffs? Who, who who knows how they're playing? I mean, that's a good point because, like we were saying before, right now they would be the eighth pick in the draft, so not even close to the playoffs at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Pirtle definitely. I mean, I love Pirtle. He, I mean, I have him on multiple fantasy teams because I I believe in him that much, fantasy wise at, at the very least. But um. I think anyone that really needs a, you know, just a, not anybody that needs to have the ball in their hands, but can still produce given any kind of situation as a center, Pirtle's the guy to have. Like, I think Pirtle in Toronto would probably be a pretty good fit. I could, I could see him being a great starting center for Toronto. And as long as it doesn't cost them, you know, like anything too crazy. I mean, two first-round picks for Pirtle in Toronto's case, I don't think is bad at all because they're going to be right around that area of, like, you know, losing in, like, the first or second round of the playoffs. And even if they don't make the playoffs, they're going to be, like, very end of the lottery and everything. So they're going to be in that that area that the pick could go both ways of either super big bust or, or decent pick. So... With the timeline that they're on, I think Pirtle could be a really good option for Toronto. I would love to see them go after him. Yeah, I just don't know with um, with Toronto is um, like I've saw reports that like yeah they can make the sneak into the playoffs or they could blow it up and and they can determine that in the next like month. Right. Like they're they're in such a weird spot. Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it definitely depends on health because Scotty Barnes missed some time there. Pascal Siakam missed some time. Fred Van Vliet was out a little bit. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. was out a little bit. So I think it definitely has a big... Health plays a big factor, at least, in that that regard. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so if you had to name one team, who do you think should go for Bojan and who do you think should go for Pirtle? Um... For Podal, I think the Nets could use Podal, if I'm being honest. Uh, but, or Pirtle. Um, Boyan to Cleveland would make the most sense. Ooh, that would be solid. Uh, Pirtle to Memphis would make a lot of sense. Okay. Um, to Portland would make some sense. And, for like a swap. Yeah, and probably till uh, till like yeah, Dallas maybe. Yeah, I could see him going there. Because I mean, 
they tried to start JaVale McGee, and that's not working out really well. And after him is Dwight Powell. I'd probably rather have Pirtle than either one of them. I mean, I know they have Christian Wood, but they are dead set on bringing him in off the bench. So, um, But with that being said, we have one last topic here, and I just think it's a funny one. Kyle Kuzma wants out of Washington, and he wants $20 million a year, plus wants to go to a big market or a winning team. I think that request is just kind of ridiculous. I mean, who is Kuzma to be making all these demands? Like, sure, he improved a little bit when he went to Washington, but hes I don't think Kuzma is a $20 million a year player. And on top of that, he's definitely not worth that much money for a team that's in a big market or contending who's already probably paying a bunch of people that kind of money. So I don't know where he thinks he's going because I don't see anyone paying him that. Kyle Kuzma is like the definition of the guy who peaked in high school. But mm-hmm. in, 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 in this in this instance, he peaked his rookie year and he thinks he's like an up-and-coming star. And it's like, dude, you're, you're a 27-year-old Christian Wood type player. Right. Like, <laughs> you're a good player. You're a solid piece. You're Tobias Harris at best. Like, mm-hmm. but you're not like a star. So you can go to a middle of the road, small market team and get your bag where they don't have stars around you. Like, you can go to Utah and get a, you know, $17 million a year contract. Or you can go to New York for $6 million or, or the mid level exception or, $12 million or whatever the number is that they can afford. And you could be a decent, you know, starter for them, but you're not LeBron. You're not Giannis. You're not Durant. You're not, you're not even Bull Bull. He's um, not even Brandon Ingram. I'm kidding. I'm kidding with Bull Bull. <laughs> um, you know, you're not Brandon Ingram. You're not Luca. You're not in that. You're not, you're not a needle threading player or needle moving right. player. Right. I, I could see, like, at most, I would pay him somewhere in the range of twelve to fifteen million a year, at most. So, I don't like, and that's from like a winning team, like Atlanta, maybe if they didn't have John Collins, um, or even maybe like the Miami Heat, if they clear some some money off the books, like one of those teams maybe would do that if he was. 12 to 15 million a year, but definitely not at 20 million a year. Exactly. And like you said, it's if if a big market team is going to pay him 20 million a year, it's a team who knows they're going to be tanking for the next couple seasons. So they're like, ah, oh, we got to use the money anyway. So let's just, you know, throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. Exactly. <laughs> you're you're uh, signing him hoping he blows up a little bit and you can trade him for first round picks. Right. Exactly. That's really all it comes down to. <laughs> oh, God. But I think that's it here for us. I do not have a what you got this week. Um, so unless you have anything to get off your chest, I think that's it for us. Uh, I just want to say that Dennis said I'm a fraud for being 8-0 in the Fantasy Basketball League. Um, I don't know how he can come up with that. I'm second in the league in points by 30 points which is three points a week. 
So I don't know how you can say I'm a fraud, but it is what it is. I will say I did not know until I looked that you had the least amount of points scored against in the. Well, that's because I don't have to play myself. No, I know, but you still have to play like the other top teams. <laughs> well, at least I think you did. I think I played Dennis and I beat him. You yeah, I think out of the top teams, what you played him and you played Nas. Yeah, and I beat both of them. Right? Did you play? So I, don't know, I, 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 you play who's on your schedule. I've played them. Um, defense wins championships. Did you play uh, Speedy Claxton? I don't think so. Okay. Well, yeah. So I guess there's only two teams you haven't played. I think Can it's you me. Tell and him to him. change his name to like Greg the Egg or something. <laughs> Why not Speedy Claxton? Because it's you know we thought it was <laughs> the actual Speedy Claxton at first. I I think you were the only one that thought it was Speedy. No, Claxton. Nas messaged him because Nas is like a, a high school AAU coach, and he like has players that were getting recruited by Hofstra. And he was, like, <laughs> messaging him about his players, and Greg was like, I told him to hold up, it's not actually Speedy Claxton, and he was like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That was still probably one of my proudest moments, was like really pushing home that to make you think it was Speedy Claxton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God, that was funny. That's just how you know how long we've been watching Sixers basketball. <laughs> the good old Speedy Claxton days. Exactly. <laughs> but that is it for us. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe below, hit the bell for notifications, let you know when we go live. Also, if you're watching on Twitch, well, also for those who don't know, we are on Twitch. Search The Atlantic Files on Twitch, twitch.tv slash The Atlantic Files. Follow us on there. It's free. doesn't cost you a single thing. It'll let you know when we go live on there as well. And we're everywhere else you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, all of that. So make sure you check those out. Tell a friend. Helps us out. Thank you, everybody. And we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.